Thank you, Tony, and thank you, Joyce. Well, what a day. We've reached another pivotal point in the greatest story ever told. Jesus Christ, whose incarnation we celebrated at Christmas, whose life and example is our inspiration and our learning, whose long walk to Jerusalem we've sought to travel during Lent, whose suffering and saving death on the cross has touched our hearts again, is today risen from the dead by the power of God. Alleluia. And these momentous things belong together. You see, if God's son, Mary's child, had never deigned to take on human form, then he couldn't have grown and lived and taught and healed and challenged. And if he hadn't lived this God-laden inspirational life, then he couldn't have given his life as a love offering for the saving of the world and everyone in it, including you and me. And if he hadn't died such a life-giving death, then he couldn't be raised from the dead, victorious over the grave, the living one who died, Lord of heaven and earth. Alleluia. You know, the resurrection of Christ is one of those momentous events that you need to read about in all four Gospels to get a fuller sense of what happened and what it means. This morning, we read John's account of Jesus' resurrection, and we watched that great video giving Luke's account. But there's much more offered in the Gospels. For example, only John tells us that later that same day, the risen Jesus appears to the frightened disciples in a locked room, minus Thomas, and breathes the Holy Spirit on them. And only Luke tells us that Jesus spends Easter Day walking to Emmaus with two dispirited disciples who believe he's dead. In fact, if you put all the four Gospels tell us about that first Easter, it's packed full of wonderful things. What a day. So this Easter morning, when we too, rather like the disciples, are locked away, and many of us are fearful, I want to remind us what Jesus Christ does when he was released from his own lockdown and raised from the dead by the will and the power of God the Father. First, he speaks to his friends by name, Mary, and then later, Peter. I think Jesus is effectively saying, it is me and I still know and love you. For Mary, there at dawn on resurrection morning, last at the cross, first at the tomb, who loved him and is broken-hearted, that is the most wonderful thing. He's alive, and he knows and loves me. And for some of us, that's what we need to hear today. So hear it. Jesus, speaking Peter's name, Peter who denied and left him, uh, is a different experience. Simon, son of John, says Jesus later by the lakeside, reverting interestingly to his old name. Do you love me? And I wonder if today, like Peter and the disciples, for whatever reason you feel your connections with Jesus are distant or damaged. You feel that you've let him down and you wonder whether he's ever going to talk to you again. Well, if that's you, I want you to note that Jesus speaks your name 
and invites you to love him and follow him again. Because Easter is a time of new beginnings for those who are brokenhearted and those who are distant. The dying, risen Jesus Christ calls your name and loves you. Continuing this theme, I want you to note what Jesus says to the disciples gathered in lockdown, fearful and waiting. Well, what do you think he might have said to them? And where were you? What kind of friends do you call yourselves? Well, I want nothing more to do with you. When what he actually says to fearful friends is this. It is I, do not be afraid, peace be with you. And for some of us, that's what we need to hear today. So hear it. And he shows them his hands and his side. John's Gospel continues. It's as if he's saying to them, yes, I am alive, but I was dead. You see, the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead doesn't empty his death of any of its horror or power. On Easter morning, God isn't rectifying Jesus' death. It isn't all a big mistake being put right now. The marks of crucifixion are clearly visible on the risen Jesus. You see, we belong to a faith which has both death and resurrection at its heart, which means when death comes in whatever form or whatever time, it is for Christians the end of many things, but not the end of all things. That's why Charles Wesley ended almost every hymn with the hope of heaven. You know, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love and praise. A hope made possible because of both the death and resurrection of Jesus, so that we might live for Christ and in due course die with Christ and by faith be raised with Christ. And for some of us, that's what we need to hear today. So hear it. Lastly, I want you to remember that the risen Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on his disciples. No, no, surely, Martin, you say, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Well, yes, but not for the first time. This is the first time in that upper room. Jesus told his disciples that the Spirit couldn't come because he was not yet glorified. Now he is glorified. Now we're living in resurrection time and the Spirit is given. It's significant that as soon as the risen Christ can bestow the gift of the Spirit on his followers, he does. And he still does today because he doesn't want us to be comfortless. He doesn't want us to lack the abiding presence of God. He does want us to be filled with love and a desire to make clear God's love in Christ to everyone we know. And for some of us, that is the message of Easter for us today. So receive it. What a day. But before I close, I want to mention two more very brief things. Have you noticed that all that Jesus is about on that momentous first Easter day was for others, supremely his followers? 
It's still so he is the man for others. Easter is not a key piece of Christian belief alone. It's an invitation to each one of us to believe in and then to live for and with the one who lives forever. Today, the invitation is to choose life and live life with a living Lord who comes to each of us again. Do say yes. Finally, I want you to note that there aren't actually many alleluias about on this first Easter day. Oh, they'll come later as the shock wears off and the awesome reality that Jesus is alive and has risen begins to sink in. Then there are alleluias and they ripple through the centuries. They go around the world even today. And do you know they go even up into heaven? I can't remember much that my New Testament professor said when I first trained for the ministry. I think it was about 1884. But he said this, and I remember it. From the day of resurrection onwards, you do not find a hopeless note in the whole of the New Testament. Because Easter puts an end to hopelessness, to despair. And it places love and peace and joy and hope as the keystone of all reality. For us all, especially in our current global situation, that is the message of Easter today. What a day. Alleluia. Amen.